The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Steven Strom is going to join me in just a moment to talk about Adam Schefter, that article uh, about the NFL insider from ESPN that dropped at the Washington Post earlier this week, certainly created a lot of gossip in the industry. Andy Mazur will join me at the end of the show. We will talk about what the future looks like, not just for Matthew Barry after leaving ESPN, but for discussion of fantasy talk on NFL broadcasts in general. That is all coming up, but first... Has nobody learned their lesson about Drew Brees? Amazon, what are you thinking? I have been very harsh on Drew Brees ever since the news came out that as soon as he retired from the NFL, he was headed to NBC. I have said on this very podcast that the next time Drew Brees says something interesting will be the first time Drew Brees says something interesting. I am not surprised at all that he is out after a year at NBC. I'm sure Drew Brees is a perfectly nice guy. I'm sure he's a great dad. He is wonderful at pitching pyramid scheme vitamins and Walmart blue jeans. There are a lot of things Drew Brees is very good at. Being a quarterback, obviously. Broadcasting is not one of them. And if this rumor is true that Amazon wants to build a, I don't know, Manning cast-like thing around Drew Brees, you are taking a guy that showed that he was not ready to be in a broadcast booth and amplifying the difficulty up from, you know, this is like going from freshman level on NCAA 14 all the way up to Heisman after playing a single game. The Look, the Manning cast was a really brilliant concept, and I am glad that it has some long-term stability at ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. The, the Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli, are going to continue to thrive in that environment. I loved the reported idea that Amazon is looking at building the same sort of show around the Pat McAfee show crew. I think that would be a really fun way to experience Thursday night football. I feel like every swing, every network trying to take their swing at this conversation-based player and manager-centric broadcast without a broadcaster, without a professional seasoned broadcaster leading the show, we're going to see so many more misses than hits. And, And to me, I have never seen one that has miss written more boldly over it than we're going to build one around Drew Brees. It is hard not to pay attention to the column about Adam Schefter in the Washington Post from this week, but it is also hard not to pay attention to the reaction to that column in the Washington Post. Steven Strom hosts the Sports Talkers podcast for us. He is laser-focused 
on what makes the big names in this industry tick. And I think the thing you take away from that Washington Post column, Stephen, is, you know, maybe this is not a great quality to have as a person, but as a reporter that thrives on connections, the fact that Adam Schefter is motivated by those connections and by that recognition probably helps him to stay as connected as he is. 100%. And and we saw in the article, listen, this isn't to, to minimize those screw-ups because he had the Snyder story, the Dalvin Cook situation. These are big deals, man. Like you have to 100% make sure that you are correct and um, and hearing both sides of the story. And I think that's why we've gotten the reaction that we've gotten. Look, Adam Schefter is, is a fantastic reporter and he's paid like he is one. Uh, he is going to have screw-ups, but the screw-ups that he's had, they are big ones. So I I think that one of the interesting things that I was left thinking about as I read some of the anonymous criticism from his ESPN colleagues in that piece was, you know, it pointed to the way he framed no charges coming down against uh, Deshaun Watson. And I was I was thinking about this because he framed it as, you know, basically presented it as the grand jury not having enough information to charge Watson means Deshaun Watson is innocent. That is, that is not yep. what it means. All right. And I'm laying all that out there. That is not my criticism of Schefter. That is just laying out there the facts. I guess my question coming out of that is I understand the harsh criticism from his colleagues of saying, Hey man, this was, this was beyond a screw up. This was, uh, this almost felt intentional. And I also kind of understand why ESPN would be willing to look the other way. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm saying from a business standpoint, I understand how a billion-dollar company decides this is no biggie. Before we were jumping on here, I was thinking about examples of different personalities, specifically the ones that get paid a ton of money. I mean, we saw with Stephen A. Smith, his comment about Shohei Otani. He said he can't be a star of the Major League Baseball because he doesn't speak English. I mean, he was ridiculed and he came on and he apologized the next day. And even you saw a couple of days ago with Dave Jacoby, they got uh, they put up a, a segment where John Moran said something that wasn't actually said. You have to come out and you have to apologize. I think that's where some of these comments are coming from uh, anonymously in that Washington Post article that, hey, if you're going to screw up, You've got to come out here and publicly apologize. It feels, though, like ESPN is kind of giving Schefter the benefit of the doubt, which, again, we can just – there's layers to this, right? Because for the majority of his career, he has been accurate. I think the frustrating part, and I think you hear it in these articles, is these guys are like old-school journalists that are, mm. that are saying these comments. In my opinion, I think those are the people that are giving these comments, and they respect journalism, and they thoroughly make sure that they're – Everything is correct. I think that's where the frustration comes from. And for ESPN, I I think, yes, I think they do sort of turn the other way with with certain topics like this and certain screw-ups like Adam Schefter had. Let's talk about that idea of old-school journalists and where this criticism is coming from. Mm. Being an insider, and this Washington Post column makes a point about how much Adam Schefter spent on chocolates one Christmas for some of his- Insane. Where where are we on that? (laughs) Exactly. I like a good chocolate. I'm a fat guy. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, it's, it's really interesting. I think that, yes, from the outside looking in, That doesn't seem super ethical. It does seem a little bit sleazy. However, I don't think it takes a whole lot of 
logical thought about the job that a guy like Adam Schefter does to realize you kind of have to deal in the sleazy to be good at that yep. job. Yep. Look at what quarterbacks do for their offensive line. I mean, Zach Wilson goes out and buys his offensive line, whatever he takes him to Idaho. Uh, he had an interesting week, but yeah, it was good timing on taking him to Idaho. But um, that's what you have to do sometimes, especially in these businesses, just like a quarterback has to pay for his offensive line for dinner or whatever it may be. Adam Schefter is in a business where his job is literally based on his sources. Exactly. If he doesn't have sources, he doesn't have a job. So I got to be honest. I mean, I didn't. I thought it was funny the amount of money that he spends towards these, you know, the chocolates was funny, but like, I totally understand that. I think you have to take care of your sources, especially ones that are directly giving you information and only you information. All right, let's wrap up here because you mentioned the John Morant thing and ESPN has been fooled and ESPN is not alone, but ESPN <laughs> has been fooled by Ballsack Sports several times now. And they have been fooled several times in a short time period. I do wonder how much of the harsh criticism of Adam Schefter comes from the fact that we saw the Dalvin Cook thing, the Deshaun Watson thing, and the Dwayne Haskins thing sort of happen oh. boom, boom, boom. You know, it's funny. I'll bring up, I'm not trying to plug my own podcast, but Doug Gottlieb said something really interesting on that first episode. He said, you know, companies will hire you for your unique opinion and then when you give that unique opinion that may, maybe they don't agree with, uh, they can fire you or, or they can they can reprimand you. Now, this is an opinion that you're being paid for with Schefter. You're, you're being paid on fact. But I think it's a similar concept of, you know, you people forget about all those stories you nailed. And for the ones that you screw up, um, that's kind of what you're remembered by. And that's what we kind of do in life, right? We All we do is complain about the three or four problems we have, we don't, I guess, talk about the hundreds of positive things that we have in our life. And, uh, but I, I, again, at the same time, I don't mean to keep going back and forth. The Haskins thing is brutal. I mean, you can't send out a tweet like that. It, it's brutal the I way mean, that he phrased it. That's my point. All three of them were brutal and all three of yeah. them happened kind of boom, boom, boom. I, I think it, I think it is understandable that that clouds people's opinions of the guy in the short term. I, I do. I think this column and going to these people anonymously could not have happened at a worse time for Adam Schefter. Yeah, no. And listen, you're right. I mean, the last couple have been brutal. And yeah, I think when you look at it, you're like, okay, like, okay, you screw up once Dalvin Cook. Okay, the Watson thing. Okay, the Haskins thing. Okay, the the Snyder thing. Yeah. You start to kind of, all right, this is like four screw ups here in the last what? Two or three months. That that can happen, I think, if uh, if you're ESPN. Matthew Barry has left ESPN, and there was a report from Andrew Marshan that said NBC sort of has emerged as a front runner to land the fantasy football expert services. I'm bringing on Andy Mazur now. Obviously, Barry would probably be writing uh, columns for NBCSports.com. I would imagine he would do a fantasy-focused show uh, on Peacock, but... You know, Andy, you do have to think about what the fit might be for Sunday night football, for football night in America. And I feel like gambling has become such the uh, the flashpoint, right, of does this belong on game broadcasts that we've kind of forgotten that we were having this conversation about fantasy football like just last decade. Yeah. You know, because fantasy football in itself, uh, most leagues are gambling before it was right. even legal, you know, I mean. 
Uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, I looked at Matthew Berry's columns on ESPN or on ESPN plus because I needed advice on who to start <laughs> my backfield, you know, and it was one of those kind of things where, what does this guy know? Really? I mean, is he really in the know or do I, do I trust him? Do I put it? I mean, and you know, you can't yell back at him because you don't know him. <laughs> so if someone else gives you bad <laughs> advice, you can yell at him. Right. But, uh, but you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, the NBC thing does seem to fit because you know, football night in America is what it means. You know, it's supposed to be including everybody in the country. And, and most of the people that are watching football uh, need a reason to, uh, to root for two teams that they don't normally root for. And, there you go. You've got uh, the fantasy angle. You've got the gambling angle. So I think that, you know, that would be a, a really good fit for uh, for a guy like Matthew Berry because, first of all, he's built up name recognition. He's already got that credential uh, for being a guy that uh, has some knowledge in the in the field. And it would be a nice new thing for NBC. Uh, a million followers on Twitter, of course, makes him attractive to just about anybody. I, I think I'm a little bit more... Maybe not confused, but I guess I'm a little bit more surprised that NBC could see some sort of value to him for Sunday night football, for football night in America, given the time, right? If, if we're talking yeah. about Amazon, that makes a lot of sense to me. If we're talking about NFL network or I guess NFL media owning the Red Zone channel, that makes a lot of sense to me. By Sunday night, I cannot help but wonder if Matthew Barry has no way of achieving his full value to NBC. Yeah, I mean, he could he could do the fantasy recap for sure. That would be one way to, to go about it. He could update injuries. You know, I know that they they have somebody that does that already on their on their show. Uh, but he could also get uh, people set for the the next night's matchup too, because sometimes the next night's matchup is what makes the winner or the loser uh, of that fantasy week. So you know, there is something. You know, you, you, you hit on something really, though, that uh, that I think is a better fit if we're talking about it, and that is Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is all new territory for these guys, and um, it is Thursday. I think a lot of fantasy football players, me included, just we loathe the Thursday night game. <laughs> right. You don't have enough time to get ready. You don't have enough time to get your lineup ready. You don't have time to figure out who's injured and who's not. You know, he can get on there and say, you know, hours before kickoff and say, okay, uh, so-and-so is playing. He is playing. He was, he was questionable during the week. He practiced yesterday through the walkthrough and he is going to play tonight. So that, that makes a difference for somebody. I would see Amazon as being a better, a better fit, especially if you're going to do something, uh, during the pregame show, uh, you can do something at halftime or, or postgame even, uh, it does seem to make a better, uh, me a, a little bit better of a fit. Actually, I mean, like, I do like the idea of an Amazon postgame where he is able to tell you, all right, look, if you started quarterback X who threw four interceptions, here are some guys you might want to go pick up that are in right. line to kind of make up for that. Um, ESPN had Matthew Barry on for years while having the NFL, while running ESPN fantasy games, right? Like that is that is territory that someone has already broached. What I wonder is given ES, or excuse me, given NBC's relationship with points bet. If, say, this were the beginning of some sort of daily fantasy play for that network and for that company, does that cross a line of ethics that we have not yet dove into since uh, gambling has become legal in more places than just Nevada? You know, it is so gray and all of that because, you know, there, there's advertising dollars to be had everywhere from from points bet to uh Whatever DraftKings, I mean, there's so yeah. many things out there right now, and these these companies are throwing massive amounts of money at people, 
uh, you know, there's an outfit that just started up here in Chicago that's been in Denver. It's a it's a basically an online uh, magazine slash podcasting show, and they're they're basically funded by them. So I mean, it, I I don't know the, the the lines are very blurred because you're in business basically because of these companies. And at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, traditionally, you don't do that. Traditionally, you don't. Well, tradition's out the window right now because gambling is so legal pretty much everywhere you look. And uh, and the, the states that aren't legal, you know, they're they're figuring out ways to, to, you know, to have people still make bets. And that's uh, and that's obviously what these companies want. So whether or not it's it, we're, we're going down a road that maybe we haven't uh, been down before. Well, yeah, we're going through we're going down a lot of roads we haven't been just because of this ethical situation. And, you know, it seems to me, though, that these companies are now legitimized because you're seeing them everywhere and you're seeing them on uh, on your baseball broadcast, on your football broadcast, on your uh, hockey broadcast, everywhere. I mean, it's, it's almost as though, you know, these things are as legitimate as the car companies or or uh, the beer companies. I mean, the, you, you see them so often. Who, If you didn't know that it wasn't legal before, it, well, it certainly is now, and I think that these guys are kind of legit now. That is going to do it for this week. Big thank you to Stephen. Don't forget, the Sports Talkers podcast comes out every Thursday. Uh, And Andy Mazur, thanks to him as well. I need you to do me a favor, wherever it is you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, Google, iHeart, wherever, do me a favor, rate, subscribe, tell people about it. That is how we are going to grow the BSM Podcast Network. We have four podcasts right now. The Jason Barrett Podcast is coming by the end of the month. We are not done growing. Hopefully, we will have more uh, announcements for you in the future. We are building from the ground up with this thing, and we cannot do it without your help. So please like, subscribe, share any great episodes you hear out there, and tell a friend. We'll talk to you next week. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.